Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of That Jersey Gamer. I'm Dan Stransky, I'm a gamer and I am from New Jersey. I'm really excited to be back with another episode and I do want to apologize for being a little late. Uh, If you haven't seen the news, we're on a path where Doom is probably going to become a reality. I'm talking hell on earth. In all seriousness though, the world is in the middle of a pandemic and it's been taking its toll on everyone, myself included. Uh, Last week, no, the week before, I went on vacation from my job. And it was when all of this was really starting to happen in New Jersey with the coronavirus. And then one week of vacation became two weeks. And now I am finally looking at getting back in uh, in a very limited capacity, but I don't want to really get into the specifics of that. Uh, But long story short, the last two weeks have taken a very strong toll on me mentally, emotionally, because uh, there was a lot of unknown variables in there. I mean, there's still a lot of unknowns going forward, but there's a lot less of those now. I at least know where my next paycheck is coming from at this moment in time. Uh, but it's been very rough the last two weeks or so. My sleep schedule has been completely jacked up. My attention span has been very on and off. Animal Crossing came out, and that's what this whole episode's about. And there were some days where I was playing Animal Crossing for 20 minutes, and then I was like, I just want to lay here. And then I would jump to Doom, then I would try to read, then I would try and watch something. It would just be 20 minutes at a time. So recording a podcast was not happening because I wasn't able to stay focused enough. So I'm finally there. I'm finally at a point where I can focus enough to actually get through what I want to get through. And I'm going to try and keep as much of this as happy as I can because I know a lot of you out there listening are probably in the same boat I am, home all day, trapped inside, bored, possibly going stir crazy. So let's make this episode a good one, shall we? Now, before we jump into the meat of what this show is actually going to be about, which of course is Animal Crossing, uh, I do need to talk about recent news stories. And frankly, there is not a lot. The game industry has just kind of gone to hell over the course of the last couple of weeks, and it's not just the game industry, it's the film industry, the comic book industry, Uh, basically every industry has kind of gone to hell. For the first time, I believe ever, the film industry posted a zero box office. I mean, that's saying something about how powerful all this is. Uh, DC Comics has been talking about looking at new ways to distribute comics over the course of the next few months, because they don't really know what's going to happen. None of us do. And even the game industry, uh, we haven't really seen games pushed back necessarily, though I don't doubt that some games will eventually get delayed due to this. It's been more so that events have been canceled over the last couple of weeks. GDC was canceled. uh, Actually, before I recorded my last podcast, which was the Mario Day special, uh, I believe Gamescom was canceled. I know E3 was canceled. Uh, It's just been cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. So there hasn't really been a lot of news coming out. I mean, there have been bits and pieces here and there, uh, but nothing too crazy. The biggest thing I would say from the last couple of weeks was that there was a surprise Nintendo Direct uh, a couple of days ago, and they made uh, quite a few announcements during it. And I just kind of looked at a recap. Uh, I was still at a point where I couldn't really focus for 28 minutes on one thing to sit down and watch the full video. Uh, So I did just kind of look over a uh, recap of it. I think I used either IGN's or Kotaku's, if I am not mistaken. And during the course of the Direct, they did announce a few things. They did tease the 
first character for Fighter Pass 2 for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, they didn't reveal the exact identity, but we did find out that it's going to be a character from ARMS. Uh, which one, we don't know. Uh, Masahiro Sakurai did also tweet out that uh, this character is going to have very unique mechanics because it was very difficult to take a character from a game like ARMS and work them into the Super Smash Brothers existing formula and rules for how things work. So that should be very interesting. At the time of this recording, uh, ARMS is also on a free two-week demo, so I'm finally going to try that out uh, for the first time because I've never actually played ARMS. Uh, that was one of those games that just kind of escaped me. Uh, there were some 2K announcements that Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM 2 are all coming to Switch. Now, in the case of Bioshock and Borderlands, uh, it's basically the full series. Borderlands 3 is the notable omission, and then XCOM 2 is going to be a version that has all of the add-ons and whatnot. Uh, there was also an announcement that Star Wars Jedi Academy... I think that's what it was called. I forgot to put it in my notes here. But Jedi Academy released for Switch, day and date with the Direct. And then Star Wars Episode One Racer is coming to Switch later this year, which I'm very excited about. Uh, one of the big things that I've been a proponent for for a long time is that Nintendo needs to release an N64 classic or that they need to put N64 games on Switch Online. And they have been very hesitant to do so up to this point. Uh, but I'm very excited to see that there have been developers over the course of the last few years who are like, you know what? This game was on N64. Let's put it on Switch. We've seen a couple of the Tarok games, uh, Episode 1 Racer now coming, and of course Doom 64, which actually released on the same day as both Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons. So even though our library isn't huge with N64 games on the Switch, we are slowly but surely getting there, and I can't help but hope that because Microsoft and Nintendo have been getting along so well, that maybe we might see some capacity of uh, either Conker's Bad Fur Day, which would be a surprise, but also the Switch has had plenty of mature games on it, so you never know, as well as Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie ported over. That would be a dream come true. Obviously, the number one dream would be to have Goldeneye show up, but I don't see that happening anytime in the near future. Uh, apparently that game is just a uh, rights disaster. And I'm not sure if it's Nintendo or Microsoft or uh, the, the, the company, whoever has the right to make the Bond games. Now, I don't know who's holding that process up, but I can only hope that at some point we will see GoldenEye in some capacity again, uh, outside of the remake where they took Pierce Brosnan out and, took, and put Daniel Craig in. That was sacrilege to me. That really was. Other than that, the only news story that I really want to touch on at all uh, is that Square Enix has released several statements regarding Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, basically saying that even though the whole COVID-19 situation is going on, the game is still going to be coming out on April 10th as originally planned. Uh, those of you who are getting it digitally, good on you. You are going to have it day and date. I'm probably going to pick it up digitally uh, when it drops. People who ordered physical versions. It seems like Square Enix is going to do everything they can in their power to get orders from Square Enix's website shipped out to make sure you get them. But in terms of being able to go to the store and pick a copy up, that may not happen day and date. And if you ordered from an online retailer, there's a chance your game might be delayed. It's not guaranteed. I did a lot of reading between the lines on the statement. 
Uh, but I think that's something you have to do at a time like this because, unfortunately, a video game is not considered essential in the eyes of the government. And even if, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, Ultimate Deluxe Edition with the, the $350 version, I think it was, with the, the cloud statue or the motorcycle, I forget exactly what it was, uh, even if that may be essential to you, it's not essential in the grand scheme of things, so right now, unfortunately, other things may take precedence, but the game will be available to play on April 10th in some capacity. So that is good news, and I'm looking forward to diving into that, because uh, from what I've seen, the, the, the game looks beautiful. I might actually download the demo later today and try it out just to see how the mechanics feel, uh, but I'm really looking forward to playing through a remake. I'm just still very curious to see exactly how many... Uh, releases this remake is going to encompass to get the full story of Final Fantasy VII. And I will actually be talking about classic Final Fantasy VII a little later in the show because I'm finally playing through that for the first time all the way through. With all that out of the way, let's talk Animal Crossing. Uh, so I've been very excited about Animal Crossing since it was announced. I was crestfallen when it was delayed at E3 until March of 2020. Uh, but it came out, and I was like, I'm, I'm getting it. I don't care. If the world's going to hell, I'm going out on a desert island, paying a mortgage to a capitalist raccoon. That's how I'm going out. Uh, but seriously, though, the game is really good so far overall. I have been playing it a lot. Uh, I've been playing it normally. I've not been time traveling. I don't have any desire to time travel. I mean, if you want to time travel, more power to you. Uh, it's not something I personally partake in. Uh, I'm somebody who just kind of likes to experience the game as it goes and watch my island grow a little bit every day. Obviously, sometimes it is annoying. Like, right now I'm waiting for the Able Sisters tailor shop to open up and... I have to wait, and then I can finally start putting in codes from people to get designs that people have made. And actually, right before recording this, I started messing around and made a design for uh, this podcast slash my website, uh, thatjerseygamer.wordpress.com. I did the logo for it on a t-shirt, and even though the G looks like it had a very hard life and it's on the way out, uh, it's still actually pretty cool. It's just a yellow shirt with the letters. And I'll probably share out the code for that in case any of you want to walk around your island wearing a That Jersey Gamer shirt, or if you want to put up the art on your wall or whatever. Uh, like I said, the G sucks, but overall, I'm kind of happy because it's kind of like the first piece of merch that I have for any of this. And I think I'm still a long ways away from actually being able to have shirts or hats made, so I'll take what I can get. Uh, but I'm really enjoying uh, being on my island, working on infrastructure, figuring out where to put bridges and inclines, and how to move the trees around to give it a nice aesthetic. I have an orchard that I've set up uh, with all the fruits that are non-native. I put uh, f uh, the four fruits that are non-native, five each, uh, apples, peaches, cherries, and oranges, uh, my native fruit is pears, and it's like a little fenced-off orchard that I can go to if I want to get them. And then I also have trees that I've just kind of put all over uh, the island. Like, there's a spot where I'm near some water, and I put a couple of different trees there, varying fruits, so there's some variety. Uh, near my house, I'm actually using a couple of trees to kind of, like, lead to my gate to get into my yard, uh, because I don't have the 
island designer tool yet. I'm still quite a ways away from that, though I've seen people do beautiful things with it online for the people who have time-traveled and gotten it early. They've really already started mastering building the cliffs and the waterfalls and the paths and just making their islands look absolutely magnificent. And I can't wait until I get to that point in the game. Uh, I do have a couple of stores set up already. Well, at least I have Nook's Cranny set up. I do have a few of the house upgrades. And by the time you hear this, um, actually you're hearing it, damn recording it. So tomorrow I will have the Able Sister shop set up and then I'm going to go from there. I have the campground set up. Uh, and like I said, I do have a few house upgrades. So I've got a bigger main room and then I've got two branch off rooms. One I'm using as a bedroom and one I am using as a Zen room. Uh, when I get another room, I'm going to set that up as a kitchen because right now my kitchen consists of a utility sink, a mini fridge that for some reason I can change my clothes in, a microwave, four cardboard boxes, a toaster, a tea kettle, and a soup kettle. That's my kitchen. I definitely need to step it up when I have the additional space to do so. Uh, once I hit the end game, I'm probably going to do some kind of an overhaul in my entire island layout, like really set up commercial districts and residential districts and like really get everything lined up. Uh, now that I'm at the point where I can kind of really think about that in terms of where I'm going to put my islanders, uh, I'll probably do a complete overhaul once I get to the end game, but I'm undecided. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe I'll fall in love with something I do before that. Uh, the crafting system is really cool in this game, and I'm not surprised that they added a crafting system in because that was a very large mechanic in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Although Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is also a mobile free-to-play game where they're trying to drive revenue, so I understand why crafting was in that. Uh, but it does work very well in this game. However, I do have a few complaints about crafting. And I have actually mentioned some of these on Twitter. Uh, the first one is that my dressers and fridges and coolers can access the clothes that are in my home storage when I'm at them. Why can't my DIY bench access my store crafting materials? Why do I have to leave the crafting bench, go into my house storage, pull out all the wood and sticks and iron that I need, and then go back into craft? If my clothing storage can access that, my crafting area should be able to access that. That's it blows my mind that that's not something they thought of, uh, but hopefully that's something we get in an update because it is very annoying right now having to go in and out, in and out, in and out when I don't know for sure what I'm making or if inspiration's going to strike while I'm doing it. On the note of that, this game also definitely seriously needs bulk crafting. You don't really feel it when you're making an axe or a shovel and then upgrading it, uh, the, the flimsy axe and the flimsy shovel, and upgrading it to the regular ones. Uh, but when you have, like, 20 manila clams and you want to turn them into bait, or when you have a bunch of weeds and probably, like, five or six uh, uh, wasps' nests and you want to make medicine, you are definitely feeling the strain of click, 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 click. I'm just sitting there mashing the A button, just staring at the screen, waiting for it to be over. If I have the materials for it, just let me bulk craft 20 in one shot. Seriously, that's, that's something that should have been there. And on the subject of bulk just objects or bulk task completion. Uh, I would love it if Nook Miles, at least when you redeem them for travel vouchers, if it would say, how many vouchers do you want? Because if I have 20,000 Nook Miles and I want to get five vouchers, I have to go through that whole transaction five times. And that's kind of a pain. Uh, again, I don't know why that's like that. 
Um, but I feel like that's something that they could very easily fix during a software update at some point. We've already seen one update that fixes the item duplication glitch. And I believe that update, either that one or the first update that they pushed out, also put in the bunny for uh, Bunny Day, which is basically their Easter celebration in-game. And that was actually, there was a trailer for that during the Direct. Uh, and that kind of looks like that's going to be cool. I'll be playing a lot during that event. And then lastly, I did find, this isn't a crafting change per se, uh, but I did find a chart on Reddit that someone made regarding item durability, but it would be great if the game had a system for somehow conveying durability. And I'm not saying it needs to be a percentage or a number or anything crazy like that. It could just be a simple green, yellow, red. Green is full durability. Red is half durability, or yellow is half durability. Red is this item's going to break soon. Maybe you might want to make another one. Uh, it would be really helpful if they did that because you're, you're going to definitely go through a lot of items in this game in terms of crafting tools. And while the fishing rods and the uh, the, the the nets and the axes, I, I don't necessarily think that I need that for, just because, I mean, I think it's for a good axe, 12 trees, and it's done. So that's something I can easily burn through in a day. But when we're talking like a shovel, which is good for, I believe according to the chart, it said like 100 holes, or when we're talking about the slingshot, which is, I believe, 20 balloons, and there's the watering can, which is somewhere around 60 uses. Um, that's something I'm not going to be keeping track of the durability of, uh, you know, in between play sessions over the course of multiple days. Uh, that's something where it would be really nice to have an indicator just to get an idea of what level uh, that item's at in terms of when it's going to finally be destroyed, you know? And I am curious, what are some changes you guys have wanted to see uh, come into Animal Crossing New Horizons? What's something that's missing that you want to see added in or a mechanic that you think is cool but you'd like to see tweaked? Uh, let me know on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky. Leave me a voice message through Anchor, anchor.fm slash thatjerseygamer. Or if you want, you can even reach out on Facebook, facebook.com slash thatjerseygamer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all over, and you can submit feedback, and I'll talk about it in an upcoming episode of the show. Just looking past the changes, though, uh, there's so much to love about this game. Like, you have to pay your mortgage off. First of all, I love that the whole concept of Animal Crossing from the beginning was paying a mortgage off to a capitalist raccoon in a sweater. Well, I don't remember if he always wore a sweater, but he has a nice sweater in this game. And it's just always been so cute how you can pay off your mortgage over the course of a day or two just by catching fish and catching bugs and traveling to these randomly generated islands, which I feel like I keep getting the same seed islands over and over again. Like, I keep getting, like, the same five, six, seven islands, and occasionally I'll get a new one, but usually I feel like it just keeps rotating the same ones, and I don't know if they're changing them out by season or what. Uh, but it is so much fun going to these islands and fishing and collecting fruit and collecting bugs. And, and they fly you out there. The airlines in this game are run by dodos, which I think is hilarious and beautifully ironic because dodos are completely flightless birds. So I think it is hilarious that the airport <laughs> is run by dodos. That That is just that is beautiful. 
Another thing that got added into this game that I really enjoy uh, is the addition of a smartphone for your character. The first thing I did when I saw a phone customization kit on the Nook Miles terminals, I bought it, and I customized my phone to black so that my Nook, uh, my Nook phone would match my iPhone 11 that I use in my day-to-day -day life now. And I thought that was beautiful that they added that. And then it has a Critterpedia, so you can look up fish and bugs and figure out what you've donated and what you haven't. And I do like that it tells you where the fish spawn at, like which ones are at the pier, which ones are at the mouth of the river, which ones are in the ocean, which ones are in the clifftop river, etc. That's a beautiful addition. I like that you can do your designs through the phone. Now, once my Able Sister Shop opens up, I'm curious to see if there's like a more robust way to make designs there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not, just because of the fact that you can do it from your phone. And that app seems pretty comprehensive once you update it. Uh, but my absolute favorite addition that they've added in has been the camera. I am somebody who, when there is a camera mode in a game, I will go crazy. God of War, loved it. I believe there, there's one Jedi Fallen Order. I haven't really messed with that yet. Uh, but God of War, I absolutely love that camera mode. Uh, I remember one of the Uncharted games I was playing had a camera mode in it. I am Oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the game I went absolutely crazy with the camera mode. So even though there is a limited camera mode right now, I'm glad that's there. I am hoping they do add more filters and frames over time, though. Uh, that's an area where I see that they could expand the game. And again, just very simply through software updates, just add more options. And again, it wouldn't shock me if they do. Because I feel like Animal Crossing is the kind of game that now that it's out on Switch, and this is Nintendo's home handheld hybrid, and it's the system that Nintendo is pushing for all of its games, I can't imagine that Animal Crossing is not going to be a living game for the next couple of years in terms of new content, new characters, new software updates. It is so much fun watching people speculate online, on Twitter, on Reddit about what they think is going to be added in, and I'm curious to see who's right and who's wrong. And I'm curious what parts of Animal Crossing you're enjoying. Reach out to me on social media, reach out through the Anchor app, let me know. I will read your comments here in the next episode if you do. And with that out of the way, now it's time to just move on to what I've been playing, which is both a little and a lot all at the same time. Game-wise, I have really been all over the place with what I've been playing. Uh, Animal Crossing obviously goes without saying, uh, and that's one I'm going to continue to play for a long time. Uh, I started playing Final Fantasy VII, which I have on Steam, and I feel like I've told this story here before, but a quick recap for anyone who's new. Um... I have my MacBook, which is actually what I'm recording my podcast on, and a few years back I had bootcamped Windows onto it, so I started playing Final Fantasy VII, then I needed to free up some hard drive space, so I deleted the bootcamp partition, but I forgot to back up my save to the cloud for Final Fantasy VII, so I lost my progress, and I was probably like a good 20 hours in, 15, 20 hours, so... I waited, and I just I didn't go back to it, and I meant to go back to it on Switch, and I never got around to it, and then finally, while I was laying around one day, I was like, you know what, screw it, I have it on Steam, I'm going to play it, and actually, before all this uh, pandemic stuff went down, I was looking into modding it, and then I saw the modding process to mod this game, and oh my god, it is a lot of work. 
Like, I understand that the mods are beautiful. From the videos I've seen, they look great, and I think it would be beautiful to play with them. But I was like, I don't think I want to go through all this for my first playthrough. So I finally decided I'm just going to play it vanilla on Steam, and that's kind of what I've been working on. I'm not too far yet, but I'm making a little progress every day. My goal is to hopefully be done by the time Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, Episode 1, whatever we're calling it when everything is done. Uh, you know, my goal is to be done by the time that comes out, but we'll see what happens, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Last night, I did also download Doom Eternal, finally. It was something I was holding off on until I found out that I'm not out of work yet. And since I found that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to download it because I've been waiting for this. And I'll admit, I'm playing it on uh, I'm Too Young to Die, playing it on the easiest difficulty. Don't have a lot of shame right now. You know, I don't... With everything going on and with the fact that my mental state is still a little eh, here and there because of everything, I'm not going to give myself an aneurysm over trying to beat Doom on a harder difficulty. I'll save that for a different day. So I'm just experiencing the story right now. I'm playing on the easy difficulty. I'm not doing extra life mode or anything crazy like that, but I am having some fun, you know, playing through it as I go. And speaking of Doom, I've also been replaying Ultimate Doom on Switch, which I finally decided to pick up because I saw that they added in support for add-ons. And I believe I touched on this in the last podcast, but I could be wrong. Uh, and when I was looking through the list, I saw the John Romero sigils on there, and I think it would be really cool to play sigil on Switch. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and download this. It's only five bucks. Why not? Uh, so I played through episode one. And I'm currently on episode two, and I'm just kind of throwing that on when I want to zone out for a little bit and just mindlessly do something that has minimal setup involved. And then one mobile game that I started playing is Raid Shadow Legends, which I only started playing it because there's a YouTuber that I follow. I believe it's John Morrison, but forgive me if I'm wrong. It's been a day. Um, he's doing an iPad giveaway, and in order to enter on Twitter, you have to have a video or a screenshot of you playing the game. So I downloaded and I started playing it. And it's very similar to me to Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, uh, but with better graphics and mechanics that are just slightly better in certain ways. Uh, I kind of prefer the attack system in this game to the way attacks work in Galaxy of Heroes. And I feel like the visuals are a bit more cleaned up in this game. But I don't know how long I'm going to stick with this game. When I hit the paywall, I'm probably out because there are a lot of in-app purchases in this game. A lot of them are priced very highly, and the game is not shy about saying, hey, you can buy this, hey, you can buy that. So I understand developers have to make money, but I don't know how long I'm going to stick with Raid Shadow Legends. But if I can get a couple of weeks of enjoyment out of it, that'll be, you know, that'll be worth it in my book. And I'd love to know what you guys have been playing while you've been under quarantine. And of course, you know, I'd love to know what you thought of this show. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer, any feedback, comments, concerns, uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky. Instagram, I am that Jersey Gamer. Check out my blog, thatjerseygamer.wordpress.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are heard. If you want to go through Anchor, that's anchor.fm slash thatjerseygamer. And of course, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. And until the next time, this is Dan, signing off.